Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We're a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. The greatest thing that has happened to me in my spiritual life, the event that changed and empowered me, the event that has strengthened me to stand when all else around me is failing, the event that has opened the door to the adventures of the kingdom and a life lived on the absolute edge is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Without a doubt, it is the number one thing that has changed who I am. Now, you, you, some of you are thinking, well, what about when Jesus came into your heart? Absolutely, totally life-changing. Couldn't have had the Holy Spirit unless Jesus came and filled my heart, okay? But once Jesus filled my heart and I began to read all of these attributes of the Holy Spirit, it blew me away. As a matter of fact, it blew me away to the point, and I know some of you are sitting in here today with the same mindset that I had before the baptism of the Holy Spirit came in my life. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an earthly thing that has an equation that adds up. Two plus two in the spiritual realm does not, uh, 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 does not always equal four. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, here, pastors studied the new math of the day, what they're teaching the kids. No, I'm talking about kingdom dynamics. There's things that we see with our natural eye is not the way that God sees them. There's things that happen in our life are for preparation at something that's going to happen in the future for us. God is always doing something that's beyond what we can comprehend in our natural mind. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you, you are receiving something that's going to take you beyond what your human and natural senses can, can, can tolerate. Okay, we always talk about we have five senses, not in the kingdom. You better get a sixth sense, and that's the infilling of the Holy Spirit that enables you to see the invisible and prepare for the impossible. Now, Bill Johnson says this in his book, When Heaven Invades Earth, by far the greatest gift ever received by us is the Holy Spirit himself. Those who discover the value of his presence, listen to this, enter into realms of intimacy with God never previously considered possible. You never sat around before the baptism and wondered if you could go to that depth that you are at right now. You, you, you never sat around before uh, you got a touch from the Holy Spirit wondering how much better could it really be. But when you get touched by the Holy Spirit, there's something that happens in you that is uh, brought about because of the intimacy, that directness that you have with God the Father. And that's what he purposed this to be. He purposed to never be separated from us again. In the Old Testament, the, when they talk about the Holy, the Holy Spirit, it says that people were touched with a touch of the Spirit for the purpose in which they needed that guidance uh, from God himself. Not in the New Testament. You see, when God shook things up from the core, not only did Jesus come, but he came with a purpose. He came to lead us into that place to where we could be like him, have what he's done, and even do greater things than he did himself. There's only one way that we can do that, and that is by having the Spirit not with us and around us, but that the Spirit would live in us and through us. 
And so that's the cool thing about this never previously considered possibility of this unbelievable intimacy with God that comes as we receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Out of this vital relationship uh, rises a ministry of power that formerly was only a dream. Listen, I'm dreaming differently today than I did 10 years ago. And the reason is, is because what the Holy Spirit is bringing about in us and through us has been so dramatic over those years that I better enlarge my tent pegs and prepare for the next part of the destiny that God has in store for me. Over the next nine years of my life from 61 to 70, I know God has a plan that's going to blow me away. Just blow me away. And it's already happening as we speak. The incomprehensible becomes possible because he is with us. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, aren't you glad the Holy Spirit is with you? Just tell him that. Tell him that. Listen, one thing I know for sure is this, is that God is a continual wellspring of life. God is, is not a one-time God. He's an everyday God. He's a God that's so far ahead of us. You heard all of these prophetic words that came today. I am confident that everything that the enemy has planned for us over the next 22 or 23 days will not come to pass because my God is out in front of me, leading me and protecting me and guiding me and opening up things for me that would not happen any other way except that he were to do it. He's a continual wellspring of life. I'm constantly amazed at how he is always providing for every one of my needs in my personal life, my family life, and my ministry life. I directly attribute the ongoing flow of his provision to my continual infilling of the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit was never intended to be a one-time event. It was, to it was something that was meant to be continual. The Bible says that to us in Ephesians 5.18 for those who you are taking notes. Ephesians 5.18. We are to be continually filled with the Spirit. This extremely important directive issues the mandate for a life full of the Father's blessings. Paul is not just issuing a one-time call for being filled with the Spirit, but rather he's saying that this is the key for continual effective living. I got filled and baptized initially in the Holy Spirit in 1984, and it totally changed my life. I was purposing not to allow that to happen because two plus two did not equal four in that realm. And God knew that he would, he would need to do something different in me to, to give me the encounter that I needed. So I'll never forget, I was standing in a line uh, and somebody was praying for people to receive the baptism. I put my right leg back because nobody was going to push me. And I was prepared for that. And the guy got about to where Rick was and boom, I went out in the spirit. And 40 minutes later, I woke up and I was speaking in tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And God could only do that that way in me because I would have continued to try to figure it out. But he did something to me that I could not figure out because it was something that was beyond my physical capabilities, my mental capabilities, my emotional capabilities capabilities. And I am so glad 
that God had a plan so big for my life that he had to do something extremely radical for me to achieve that. Now, for those of you here today who have not received the baptism, you do not have to go through that. You can just say, Father, fill me with your spirit. It's that easy. And we'll pray for you today. Have you ever wondered or maybe forgotten all the amazing attributes of what a wonderful gift the Holy Spirit is to us? Turn with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. Joseph, I don't, yeah, I did give this to you, okay. Uh, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judah and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, what was John doing? He was giving people an experience of repentance, a, an experience of the new birth, coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and giving them the identification under the water meant that you identify with his death, burial. And then when you come out, you identify with his resurrection. It is an amazing thing to be water baptized, and every one of us here should uh, participate in water baptism. Yes, I know someone's going to point out, what about the guy on the right side of the cross? Trust me, if Jesus told you you were going to paradise today, the last thing you were worried about is, oh, I better get baptized first. You would just say, Jesus said it, I'm going, and that's all we need to do. But water baptism is a significant part of our journey as a believer. And now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There's one, there, there comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. Why did John say that? He said that because many people were wondering if he was the Messiah. And John was trying to clarify distinctly that not only was he not the Messiah, but I indeed baptize you with water. He knew his place. But listen to this. But he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let there be no wonder if the baptism in water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two separate events. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 10. We're going to look at the time when Peter met Cornelius. And at the end of a lot of things that have tr transpired, uh, uh, Peter was uh, talking about the gospel to uh, Cornelius's family, incredible things were happening. All the people were getting saved. And then look at verse 44. Now, there's a reason I'm reading these four verses. I'm trying to clarify to you, not only does it say in Mark chapter 1, and in every instance where Jesus was baptized with water, it says that I baptize, when John explains it, I baptize in water, but somebody comes after me that baptizes in the Spirit. And then we know in Acts 2-4, the New Testament church got filled with the Spirit. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But now we're to Acts chapter 10. We're uh, uh, nine chapters beyond that. And we're thinking of this through the eyes of Peter, who has been ministering salvation, ministering to baptism, ministering healing, been doing great things. And then listen to this. God just threw him a, a, a curveball, threw him a sweeper, he threw him a slider. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. Now, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. The first time the Gentiles are going to be in that place of receiving the baptism of the Spirit. 
Okay, and those uh, of circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they had heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they asked him to stay for a few days. What happened here? They heard the gospel. God touched them. This was a powerful encounter. Cornelius uh, gets an inspiration, from, a vision from heaven. Peter sees a vision from heaven. The two of them come together and ignite something that's incredible. This is a totally amazing spiritual encounter that these people are having. And the power of God is so rich here that as this is going on, the Holy Spirit falls upon the Gentiles without anyone laying hands on them, without anyone praying for them. And, and uh, kind of like happened to, to, to me that day in 1984. But then he makes the designation. Although it's odd that they first were baptized in the Holy Spirit, we should also bring them to a place to where they would receive water baptism as well to designate their time of, of their transformation where they got saved. Isn't it amazing that God doesn't always do things, the formula that we, we did it. One night, Tammy was, uh, was uh, uh, having some stomach issues and uh, I, I went to pray for her. I began praying for her in tongues. And uh, she got healed that night where, where I was praying for her. And then the, every time I prayed for somebody after that, I prayed the exact same tongue. Shanda Kalienda, Shanda Kalienda. And nothing happened. I thought, okay, God, I get it. There's no. I thought I had the formula down, that I knew the formula and the healing tongue. That, but that's not the way it worked. And so it's interesting how God does things. And so when we look at John chapter 14, I'm going to run you through a litany of things that I think are really important for you to know right now. And we're going to do them very quickly without a lot of explanation from me. And I know some of you don't believe that. I wouldn't either if I was you. Okay, so what are the attributes of wonderful gift of the Spirit? John 14, 16 through 18 says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth. This is an attribute of the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. You understand this now? This is a kingdom thing that's happening here. Those who don't believe in Jesus, they're not going to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is a thing. This is a kingdom thing. How many of you know that you buy a membership to Sam's Club because the prices are a little lower there and then you have a wider variety? Or if you get a membership at Costco, it's the same thing. Why do you pay that? Because there's member benefits. In the kingdom of God, when you say yes to Jesus, there are kingdom benefits. And one of these is the possibility of you receiving the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for you to have that tighter relationship with him. The truth or the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he what dwells with you and will be where in you. 
This is important for you to understand. He dwells with you, but he doesn't just dwell with you. He will be in you. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you fatherless. Mm, why is he saying that? Because Jesus is on the earth representing the father. And they're thinking this is the coolest thing since, well, they didn't have sliced bread. Uh, I don't know, hummus. Maybe they made hummus way back then. But this is an amazing thing that's happening here. And so Jesus is saying, has been telling them that I'm going to, to, to leave you guys at some point. But he's also saying you will not be left as orphans because uh, uh, I will come to you. Why did he use the word, word orphan there? The, it's a powerful word because it represents this idea that there is something that is powerless in you because you don't have the covering of a father. There is something powerful that happens with the covering of the Father. So he said, I will pray in the, uh, the Father and he will give you another helper. He will give you one, that word means one exactly like me. One exactly like me. So what's the Holy Spirit? He's exactly like Jesus. What does Jesus do? Only what the Father shows him to do. And so can we assume that the Holy Spirit will be that same thing? Yes, you don't have to assume it. You can guarantee it. You can hold fast to it. And so God is saying that you're walking here, touching, seeing, smelling, hearing Jesus. And what are you going to do when Jesus goes to be with the Father? What, what's going to be left for you? And so their natural instinct would be, we're going to be stuck. We're going to be in a bind. We're going to be in a jam. But he's saying, no, 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 when, when I go to, to, to be with the Father, the Father will release to you the Holy Spirit. What an amazing attribute. Because we know that the Holy Spirit is the active force in life. He is the amazing change agent that does more than we can ever imagine when he lives in us and dwells in us. So when we look at that, we can see that one thing that the, the Holy Spirit, that, that Jesus says he is, he's the spirit of truth. And so he will walk you into all truth. Look at uh, first, let's go just stay in that chapter for time's sake uh, and look at verse 25. It's talking about the gift of peace. These things I have spoken to you while present with you. Now listen to me. Jesus is saying all these things up to this point are things that he's sharing with them. He says, but the helper. Now listen to me. But the helper, who's the helper? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. What will he do? He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you. And then he says, peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You don't have to be in a place where you have no peace because peace is with you. The Holy Spirit is now living in you. He's dwelling in you. You don't have to wonder uh, uh, if you're going to have the information that you need because he is the helper and the Holy Spirit who the Father will send. He will teach you all things. Now, why is it that the Holy Spirit is the change agent that changed my life more than any other thing? Well, I'm going to tell you, in 1984, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this became 3D. And I, somebody taught me that before you open your Bible, pray this simple prayer. 
Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to see. Why would I pray that? Because the Bible says that he will teach us all things. And so if he only does, hears, says what he hears from the Father like Jesus did, then I can trust him if I pray and open the word that where I am at, he's going to show me exactly what I need for that moment. And the Bible just came alive to me. As a matter of fact, I couldn't put it down. I still can't put it down. And now it's a wonderful thing that we have the Bible on our phones and we can pop in headphones and we can even just listen to it all the time. So the Holy Spirit is that that not only lives in us, he teaches us. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 8 real quick because I want to talk about another attribute of this spirit that's now living within us. And let's look at Romans 8, 9. If you're there, tell me you're there. Okay, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Verse 10 says this. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now listen to verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he has raised Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. He will give life to your mortal bodies. In other words, he will make you alive. It, this new birth is, not, is becoming in a whole different way. What Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, he's, he's now opening up to us the truths of this, this spirit of God that when it lives inside of us, he's not only becoming our helper or our advocate or our comforter, but he's becoming truth to us. And then the truth is this, if that spirit lives inside of you, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, then your life experience adventure should be endless. There should be nothing that could conquer you or make you afraid or bring you down. Now, there's a lot of things that try. And you guys know, I mean, I wouldn't even be in this place of receiving continual prophetic ministry had I not obeyed the prophetic word in 1988 that said you'll be overseas and back again and face the perpetual fear of flying that the enemy had put on me to destroy what God wanted to do for me from the very beginning. See, the enemy knew that I had a destiny. And he was trying to trip me up every step of the way. But no, that can't happen because when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, there is a strength that is birthed in you that cannot be matched by any human strength or force that you've ever seen or heard. Because the Holy Spirit is directly connecting you to the things of God, the things of heaven, the things that, that are uh, for us and not against us. Now, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, turn there with me if you would. Acts chapter 2, 4, just as the, uh, the time where the, uh, the, at the day of Pentecost that, that everyone got filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in another language. That's verse 6. But in 4 it says, and they were all 
filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance. There's something incredible that happens when your being becomes captivated by the Holy Spirit. If you listen to the world tell you your makeup, they will say that your body, soul, and spirit. And, and listen, isn't that interesting? Body, soul, oh, I got to take care of this body. Got to get to Planet Fitness every day at 6.30, sometimes at 4 o'clock in the morning, like Tuesday before we fly. I'll be in the gym before we fly at that early hour. It just makes me feel better when I get to do that. That's body and then soul. Oh, we've got to educate you. We've got to teach you things the way that we think life should be. And by the way, you have a spirit. But that's not the way... We are wired biblically. We are spirit, soul, and body. And the very first thing that we should put all the eggs of our basket in is to be able to know the fullness of the spirit that God has given us to have through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So the spirit lives in us. And, and this baptism is what Jesus told his disciples to wait in the upper room for. They were waiting for something incredible to happen. They had no idea just how incredible this would be. Jesus gave them glimpses of this along the way. Now, I want you to think of Luke chapter 22. Okay, Luke chapter 22. Jesus has given them snippets of what's going to transpire and how amazing it is. They knew that Jesus uh, got baptized with water and the Spirit of God came upon him. But they also were beginning to grasp the concept that this was going to be available for us as well. And when you think of what he said at the Last Supper to them, you knew that Jesus was prepared to uh, go to the cross because of what was going to happen to all the believers after that event. He said in Luke chapter 22, he said, it's with fervent desire. It's with an incredible passion that he does what? That he's in preparation to go to the cross to have all the stuff happen to him that was going to happen to him because he knew once he went to the cross that that was going to open the door, the veil was going to be torn first and that everybody was going to have access to that personal connection with God. Secondly, he knew that the same uh, uh, spirit that was going to raise him from the dead was now going to be offered to those who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he thirdly knew that once the New Testament church and all of its members, not its leaders, not its elders, not its priests, not its, just its rabbis, every single person in the New Testament church was going to have an intimate connection with the Holy Spirit in the same way Jesus did. And how many of you realize Jesus did no miracles until that time of his baptism where the Holy Spirit came upon him. Why? Because in the same way in Genesis chapter 1 that it says the earth was void, but the Spirit of God began to hover over it. What was going to happen? There was going to be a power that comes from heaven that operates through the Holy Spirit. And then in Genesis 1-3, that's when it says, and God said... And then things began to be created as the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth. Jesus did no miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon him at the time of his baptism. But after that, wow. Let me tell you this as well. I believe 
that that infilling of the Holy Spirit empowered him to be able to go to his ultimate destiny of hanging on the cross. Because that's something that was not humanly possible for somebody to do. But he did it because he was empowered by the, what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in and through his death on the cross. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. You just can't make this stuff up. Now, understand that the most argued about part of the Trinity in the world, mainly in the Western world, is the Holy Spirit. And why is that? Because if the, if the whole church in America got baptized in the Holy Spirit, can you imagine what would happen from the outpouring that would come out of that? The number one church that's growing worldwide is the church that is filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a fact. It's just a fact. Why? Because that's the purpose of the Spirit. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Again, just go backwards with me. Why do, how can I say that? Because that was what Jesus purposed for us to do when the Spirit came upon us. How can you prove that? Easy. In Acts 1 verse 5, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with what? Say it. No, okay, let's, let's say it like you really mean it. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with not many days from now. Jesus is telling them this is going to happen. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he says this, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. But in verse 8, you shall receive what? That's dunamis power. That's, a, that's, a, that's an incredible power. That, that's a power beyond who you are and what you can do in your own flesh. You understand? Do, am, I, am, I, am I making this clear today? That when the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that puts you beyond who you are and makes you to that person that God designed you to be. Does that make sense? It takes you in a place beyond the limitations of your flesh and puts you in a place that there are now no limitations in you because you are being guided and walked in through life by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you think for a minute that back in the day that I could figure out on this trip that we're going to start 85 more schools in Burundi with close to 4,000 students. You can't do that stuff. If you'd have told me, wow, it'd be nice to start five schools with 100 people, I'd have been thrilled. 85, this is stuff that can't happen in your own strength. If you'd have told me that we were going to need two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. If you'd have told me that seven years ago, over the next seven years, we were going to need that much money. I'd have said it's just not even humanly possible. And I would have been right because this isn't a human project. This is only something through the inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit that can take place. So if you dream without the Holy Spirit then you're going to dream with everything you can do in your own strength. If you dream with the infilling of the Holy Spirit guiding you, you will begin to dream dreams that you could never see possible that could happen in your own strength. 
But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be what? Witnesses. To who? To him in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God is amazing. He empowers us to witness. He empowers us to witness. Now, let me just, I'm going to stop on number five. I have 18 of these things to give you. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the rest over to Caleb, and he can go the rest of the way. We'll hand a baton off. Uh, by the way, how many of you love the messages in August? I just absolutely, you know what? I found out that I was an apostle to Antioch. That's over my head. That's good stuff, though. An apostle to Antioch. I'll take that. I like that. So where was I? Number five. Last thing I want to share with you. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 2. Man, this is so difficult to stop. But I know y'all got ribs on the grill and all that kind of stuff, do you? Well, because I'm coming over. <laughs> Somebody use this scripture. I'm going to go back to verse 9. The Spirit reveals the deep things of God to us. Isn't it amazing to think? That, uh, we've got to start in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to go 9 through about 13. Isn't it amazing to think that we could be connected to God in such a way that we can have revealed to us the amazing things that God knows and says and does? Turn with me to John chapter 16 real quick. Hold your finger there. I, 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 can't, I can't leave this out. I got to say this one. John chapter 16. Hold your finger on the other one. John chapter 16, verse 13. Everybody say, however. However, when he, capital H, the spirit of truth, when the spirit of truth has come, listen to me, he will guide you. He will guide you. Now, listen to me. I don't know. Uh, listen. When we were on vacation, we took a tour and we had a guide. And this guide showed us all around this town. And we would not have known or seen any of the things that we knew or saw unless we could have rode that same route and wondered about all of the things. Mmm. Mmm. This is good. You don't need to ride the route of the kingdom and always wonder about this, that, or the other thing. Because you can know. You can know godly things. You don't have to get into a place to where you're driving a car and you hear a voice that says, pull over and go into this store and pray for it. Look, you, you can know that that is God. All good things come from the Father. And if God's calling you away from your direction, then He's got something amazing for whomever He's calling you to. Folks, this kingdom thing we live is intended to be an adventure. An incredible adventure. Now listen to me. When that spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. We did a thing on truth a couple weeks, a couple months ago, right? He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, 
But whatever he hears, he will speak. And listen, he will tell you things to come. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You're, you're, you're just doing your thing. That's why you can be in the midst of what appears to be the greatest car deal that you've ever negotiated in your life. And you can be in that seat across from the guy knowing you're thinking you got one over on the man. And the Holy Spirit says to your mind, walk away. Walk away. Walk away. Because that 2019 CRV that you thought was such a great deal, it had a leak in the gasket and it was going to cause you problems from the second you bought that car. What, what you didn't know is they were trying to push a lemon off on you and make it sound like a good deal so that now you got the problem and they don't have the problem. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does to you. See, he protects you in a way that you can't even protect yourself. Can't even protect yourself. So, listen to me. Please, just for a moment, listen to me. Let's go back to, to verse 7. Joseph, are you able to go 1 Corinthians 2, 7? By the way, my friend Joseph has been such a blessing since he's began to be a harvest prep guy. I mean, he was at my house for four hours on Wednesday helping me grind out stuff that in my finite computer ability would have taken me days and he just killed it just in no time and Joseph said to me he goes how in the world have you done this with no help and then I thought about that he's like am he is he saying I'm a loser is that was that Joseph's nice way to say you're a loser and then say my pleasure my pleasure now, I know that. Joseph's back there going, no, 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 no. And I know that about Joe. He is an amazing young man. And uh, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine what's ahead for him in this great adventure. Now, listen to me. In verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. This is crazy stuff. You can make a movie out of this stuff which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now listen to me. Listen to me clearly. In your life, God is preparing things for you that's out ahead of you. And if you will listen and obey, you will do things from this day forward that you never, ever, ever, never, ever, never thought that you would be a part of. Ever, never. Never, ever believed in your own flesh that you would be a part of these things. Why? Because that word means this, to make ready to make arrangements, to prep for coming events. You need to prepare yourself for what God wants to do in and through you. But God, in verse 10, says this, 
But God has revealed them to us, how? Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with that spirit that searches the deep things of God. And then John 16 says, then he guides us in all truth and he prepares us for those things that are ahead of us. Why? Because he's got the direct connection with God. And so do you because his spirit now lives in you. Come on, somebody. If that doesn't get you excited, I can't I can't do it. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, capital S, who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because, why, 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 why can't he know them? Because they are spiritually discerned. Folks, you have a member benefit called the infilling of the Holy Spirit that will open up to you a guide of a pathway that will allow you to be a part of things that you never, ever, never, ever, never, ever dreamed that you could be a part of. Tammy and I are going on a trip that we could have never dreamed would have been possible at one time in our lives. You, you, you all said, Pastor, that schedule, no, I'm sorry, you didn't tell me because you wouldn't text me to tell me. You had to tell my wife how ridiculous the schedule was. But that schedule is a blessing from the Lord, and it's going to be an adventure of a lifetime. Would you stand with me? During praise and worship, and I'm not going to ask Amy to come, okay? Just relax, everybody. Be Peace be still. During worship, I said, for those of you who, who want to con, uh, 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 continue a refreshing of the Spirit, you, you did that. You said, yes, Holy Spirit, just fill me afresh. For some of you who are here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this next nine weeks is going to be critical for you. It's going to be critical for you. It's going to be critical that you allow yourself to step outside of your flesh and say, Jesus, if you baptize in the Spirit, then baptize me. All good gifts come from God. You, you can't get that in any other way. He died for you to have not just salvation, but the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask today that today's message would be a seed that as it's planted into the hearts and minds of each one here, that for those of us who are filled with the Spirit, that we would begin to dare to dream. 
That we would be those who would allow the Holy Spirit to guide us when he whispers something into our ear that we would be obedient to do what you're asking us to do, first of all. Second of all, that we would go to a place in our thought process beyond what our natural mind thinks to those things that you have prepared for us. Prepare us for adventure. And Father, we thank you, God, that as we move into that understanding with the multiple teachers that are going to be sharing with us over the next nine weeks, that there would be something that would move and motivate each person's heart in here to understand how important they are for the work of the kingdom. So, Father, today, I just pray that you would begin to release supernatural encounters to each person here, even as Pastor Caleb mentioned in his time of closing the service today. Let there be a time of supernatural participation to each and every saint in this sanctuary, those who are watching us and those who watch the replay of this. Very important message. And so, Father, we just say thank you. We say thank you for everything that you've done for us. And may we, as we took communion today, may we remember that you paid the price so that the Holy Spirit could be poured out upon all flesh for the work of your kingdom. And Father, today I thank you for each person here. I thank you for each person who has been such a blessing to Tammy and I. For all of y'all who are going to pray for us during this trip. Father, I'm just so thankful to have that many people who care. And Father, we just give you praise today in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said... Come on, let's give the Lord a praise offering. He is worthy to be praised. Go in peace and may the Lord bless and keep you and his face shine upon you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.